0: is i'm sorry but we can't be friends okay um so let's let's begin reading in verse one and i'll read down through verse 10 where do wars and fights come from among you do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members you lust and do not have you murder and covet and cannot obtain you fight and war yet you do not have because you do not ask You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself out to be an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So at the end of chapter 3. Uh, James says that now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And we looked a little bit about being a peacemaker. And then right after that, from going from talking about peace, making peace, he asks the question, so where do wars and fighting and, and all this conflict, where do they come from? Where do they stem from? And he starts out by saying, do they not come from? your own desires, and really what he gets into later on is what we're going to look at uh, tonight of friendship with the world or worldliness in our lives. Now, you may say right off when you hear that, well, I'm not a worldly person, you know, um, the little saying, I don't I don't drink, I don't chew, I don't go with girls that do. Anybody ever heard that? A <laughs> couple people. Okay, you may say, "I yeah, I got, I'm, I'm good. I don't have worldliness in my life, so I can just uh, sit back and take a nap. But um, it really is a, a struggle for all of us. There's areas where worldliness will come and creep into our lives. And friendship with the world that James talks about here, we need to understand that it is something that sneaks into our lives. It is not something that, you know, one day I'm walking faithfully with God and the next day, boom, all of a sudden there's this worldliness just present. Normally it comes from steps that we've taken, maybe slowly that we've turned from here we were walking with God that we've slowly turned. And worldliness is not just something on the outside, James tells us. It's not just stuff that is around us that is going to impact us. But it actually comes from desires from within us. That's what makes it difficult of it's not just outward things that happen to us that we see that go on. But it actually the wars and fightings, he says, don't they come from the desires that are present within you, your desires for pleasure, which war against your members. So. It's not only something that that comes from outward, from the world around us, but it comes from our evil desires. Um, And we do not just become best friends with the world over overnight. It happens gradually. And that's why in Romans 12, we are told that we must renew our mind daily. So it's not enough for us to say, well, I did. I did my my Bible reading last week. So I think, I think I'll take this week off and it won't hurt me at all. No, we are to renew our mind daily, which part of that is coming to the word of God, which James talks about is a, a mirror that we look into to reveal who we really are. But that we must renew our mind daily because it's so easy to drift into friendship with the world, the way of the world, and not even realize it at times if we are not constantly coming back to the word of God. So not only is it desires within us that sneak in, but we are surrounded by things in this world that love to get our focus, love to get our attention, love to draw our heart away from God and onto the things of this world so that we no longer live for the eternal But that we are living for the here and now, that we are living for the pleasures of this life, not for the rewards that are to come. But James really gets into... I said this morning he really lets us have it, but then tonight he really gets and takes the gloves off and really lays into the the church here, and he says... You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. And he then goes on, and in verse 4, he says, You adulterous people. He says, friendship with the world is committing adultery. It's spiritual adultery. Now, suppose that you knew of a story that happened in... Let's say Knoxville. Anybody here from Knoxville? Okay, we'll say Knoxville. This is this is all just made up, but of of some neighbors that were uh, had lived by each other, and uh, the husband and wife seemed to have a a good relationship. They seemed to be getting along just fine, and they they had a, a neighbor next door, and he seemed to be a nice enough guy, but for whatever reason, he hated the husband, and one day. He he got angry and uh, went over to his neighbor's house, and maybe because he blew all the leaves in his yard or whatever it was, he went over and uh, took his neighbor's life. And for for some reason, uh, there was some loophole in the lawn he was able to get out of it. And as soon as he got out of jail, you saw the, the neighbor and the wife walking down the street together and hand in hand just walking down the street. Now, what would your first initial reaction to that be? You would first say something was going on there before, right? You would say, okay, you know, this something isn't right here. That something was going on there before. It wasn't maybe it wasn't all about the leaves after all. Now. This is just an example of James says that we as followers of Jesus Christ. When we are saved from the world, from the sin, from our evil desires, from our own sinfulness, when Christ saves us from that and from the punishment, and when I go back to it, I am committing adultery. I am cheating on God with what he saved me from. So when I think of these times where maybe instead of, Those opportunities I have to seek after God and, hey, I have this time here that I can go and uh, spend time in God's word and seek him. Or I could turn the TV on and sit there or I could, you know, get online and check the soccer scores from today or I could do this. It is not as innocent as, oh, it's not that big of a deal. God will understand. Now, is there anything wrong with checking the soccer scores or doing any of that? No, obviously not. But when that is what consumes me, when that's where I find my satisfaction, I am taking what God has saved me from and seeking after the pleasures of this world. So it's not just an innocent. Well, it's not that big of a deal. You know, in most Christian circles, they don't frown on that too much so it must be acceptable no when i am sitting here saved and i am going back and seeking what god saved me from we often think of you know well i haven't murdered anybody i'm not stealing i'm not doing all these these horrible sins but am i filled with pride am i jealous like we talked about this morning, am I angry at my family over every little thing? Am I quick to explode when I am controlled by that? When I'm continually going back to the world to find satisfaction, then James says, you adulterous people in James one he says, true religion is to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Uh, In at the end of James chapter one, you remember he talks about, you know, guarding what we say is a sign of true religion, caring for those in need and keeping oneself unspotted from the world. So how are you doing in keeping yourself unspotted from the world? In in here, he goes on, though, and he says, not only are you adulterous if you seek Friendship with the world and seeking satisfaction in the world apart from God. But he says, whoever makes himself to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, now think of this here. We are claiming to follow Christ, you know, claiming to be uh, his his children, his disciples. And James says, Yes, but if you seek friendship with the world, if you make yourself out to be a friend of the world, you are actually putting yourself in opposition to God. In Matthew 6 and verse 24, Jesus says no man can serve two masters. And we understand that either he will hate one and love the other or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So this idea of. Once again, you claim that you are this in Christ. You claim to be a follower of Christ. But if you are seeking friendship with the world, you're seeking the very thing that Christ saved you from. You are committing adultery and you are actually putting yourself in opposition to Christ. So where in your life do you seek satisfaction in the things of this world instead of seeking God. Now, these can be a number of things, and we're not going to get into that. It it can be things that are not wrong in and of themselves. That that God designed that are fine that that we we take joy in them, but when we are seeking them above our relationship with God, then then they become sinful. But When we are seeking friendship with the world, it really ruins our our witness. How can we be a light if we ourselves are walking in opposition to God? In Matthew 5 and verse 16, it says, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. So that they may see your good works. If I am in walk, walking in opposition to God, if I have made myself out to be an enemy of God, as James says, how am I going to have good works for them to see and glorify God? So it it will ruin your witness if you are drawn close to the things of this world. But then it also takes away the reward that we might have, uh, the reward of the joy of of God's presence and the, the eternal reward that we might have. So I want to look very quickly with what steps can we take to break our friendship with the world? Well, here James says that know that God's grace is sufficient. But he says he gives more grace. Therefore, he says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Know that although... We are surrounded by all these temptations to be drawn away from God. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee." second Corinthians 12, nine, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. But the key to all of this. Is James says that to break friendship with the world, he says, humble yourself before the Lord. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, do I want God to give me grace or do I want his resistance? Well, clearly we all want God's grace in our life, but what am I doing to get his grace? Am I continuing to walk in pride and say, Lord, I I need your grace today as I walk in my pride. I need your grace today. And God says, have you read my word? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humility is seeing yourself in the right light before God, not making myself out to be more or less than God designed. So if today I am filled with pride, if today you are filled with pride, repent. Turn to God and he will give you grace. But then another way to break friendship with the world, he says resist the devil and he will flee from you resist the devil and he will flee from you not because of the power that you have present not because the devil is fearful of you but because the spirit of God is within you and as a believer we should be constantly running and putting on the whole armor of God that we may be able to fight against the devil So we need to be constantly running back to Ephesians chapter six and Ephesians chapter four reminds us not to give place to the devil. So that right there is a good reminder. Where are areas in my life that I might be giving small pieces of to the devil that I'm giving place to the devil? And then I wonder why I'm constantly being defeated. Well, I'm giving him this ground. I'm giving him this ground. I'm giving him this ground. I'm not controlling my thoughts here. I'm thinking evil of someone. I'm not guarding my eyes here. I'm not guarding what I say. I'm giving all these pieces, and then I wonder why I'm constantly being defeated and have no victory in life. So remember, give no place to the devil. And then James continues on, and he says that we should mourn over our sin. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. And then he goes on about that we ought to be mourning and weeping. Not that we have to be walking around constantly in a state of just mourning and weeping, and we can never have joy, because we know that as a believer we should have joy in our lives. But he's saying that we ought to be... Our sin should cause us to weep and mourn over it. So that when we see areas where we have given place to the devil, that it should cause us to weep over it. Those areas where we've run to things of this life to satisfy us instead of running to God, where we have committed spiritual adultery. James says mourn over it. But then I love this promise that we see here. And this is the last thing we want to look at tonight. James reminds us that in verse 8, that if we draw near to God, he says, he will draw near to you. What a wonderful promise. I mean, you think of some of the most powerful people in this world. You don't have that guarantee out there that if you seek after them, they will come and seek after you and find you and have a relationship with you and know you and help you and all these things. But the creator of the universe said, if we draw near to him, if we cleanse our hands, if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. What a wonderful promise that is. It doesn't say if you are this person or that person, It's a it's a promise that if we seek after him, if we cleanse our hands and purify our hearts, that as we seek after him, we might know him. So this issue of friendship with the world. We all have areas where we have given. Where we have sought satisfaction in the world apart from God. And we all have ground that we need to take back where instead of coming to the word of God and saying, what does God's word say about this? We've gone to what does this person in the world say about this? Maybe they're a good person, but they're not God's word. So what areas of your life have you given to the world? Maybe that you have become friendly with them. Maybe that you are not on guard against. And as James says, we ought to be Repenting from that humble yourself tonight and draw near to God. Let's pray Lord, I know there are areas in each of our lives where We have become friendly with the world maybe because of the fear of man that we have where Because of uh, that fear we seek things of this life Uh, maybe it's because of we just have a love for pleasure, and that's what we 're living for. We claim to love you and want to follow you but then when when it comes down to daily living we 're controlled by by our own desires and and James reminds us that that will just lead to strife, fighting, wars. Lord, I thank you that we can know victory in you that it's it's not um we are guaranteed defeat, but that we we can have victory in uh, walking with you, Lord. Thank you for the wonderful promise that we have that as we draw near to you, that that we can have that close personal relationship with you, Lord. We thank you, and we ask that you would guide us to be obedient in this area. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Just want to take a moment to.